Hello and welcome to First 7-Inch Club episode 80. Uh, First 7-Inch Club is a podcast where we dig up 7 inches from the past within the realms of hardcore punk and metal, discuss whether or not they're worth being remembered. We also provide facts and trivia that we get from the internet and our own personal experiences. Although we don't consider ourselves know-it-alls or experts, many other people do. Uh, we tend to get things wrong here and there. I think we uh, went last episode without really being scolded too much. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of people in the band listened and people uh, related to the record. So so we did a good job, I believe. Yeah. So, uh, I am Mike and with me is Scott. Uh, this is uh, episode 80 is our Oak anniversary. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that that's all that cool. But uh, Mike, you're a lifelong horror fan. Uh, have you ever considered booking a vacation based on hitting all the horror-themed roller coasters in the world? <laughs> I can't say I'm, not, I'm a horror fan. I'm not really a roller coaster fan, no. though. So, like, yeah. are you? Do you go on rides at all? Like, would you? I mean, it, like in, in theory, yes. But then I get there and I'm just like, nah. I don't. I don't know. Like, I will if I'm goaded enough. Uh, the only yeah. thing I'm really scared of ride-wise is the Ferris wheel because it goes slow. Yeah, and uh, that's like that's terrifying to me. Going fast isn't a big deal, but. Going slow up in the air is just like it's it's a horror. I uh I was once on one of those boomerang rides, the one that just goes in a big circle and you go upside down with it. Yeah. Um, at like a fair, and I was like, why did I do this at a fair? Like they <laughs> they put this together with like twist ties, and uh, yes. me and the girl I was going out with, they held this upside down for a while. They just put us up there, and the guy thought it was funny, and he just kept us there. And you know, people's money was falling out of their pockets and all kinds of stuff. And then he kept going back around and going like, one more time, but doing it again over and over, and we're just trapped in this machine. And uh, it was horrifying. The girls was melted down completely. She, yeah. she, we had to go home. She was just done after that. So. Oh, that would be me too, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to save you some time and money. <laughs> you don't have to travel all over the world. You just need to go to Europe because uh, these motherfuckers know how to party with roller coasters. They love gory, scary rides. I don't remember all the names of them, but there's there's one there's this one rager in Germany that's like a haunted house, like one of those modern horror horror haunted houses where they're screeching and screaming and chasing you, <laughs> and there's full kills, like zombies like popping human heads, and it looks it looks real, oh, man. and uh, yeah, there's like an age limit and stuff. Um, but I'm not gonna send you all over Europe. You could just go to the UK because the UK has the market cornered on this shit. There's like all kinds of theme parks there that love really scary horror themed rides there's like chessington world of adventures there's alton towers but mike i'm going to send you to thorpe park and here's why and thorpe park you can go through a pretty rugged walking dead roller coaster who cares you know walking dead still <laughs> still horrific you can go through a, an apocalypse theme roller coaster that looks actually pretty sick called the swarm for all our chris callahan fans <laughs> uh, it's themed on the band the swarm i assume you can go through a black mirror escape maze <laughs> that should be pretty tasty but most critically to you mike you will finally get to play a game with Jigsaw in real life on Saw the Ride. Oh, yes. There's a Saw-themed roller coaster in, uh, in the U- UK, and it's kind of like the rack toy of roller coasters because it doesn't make any sense. It's like when you were a kid and used to see like Laverne and Shirley handcuffs uh, <laughs> at, at, in the grocery store and, or like the, the Hulk on a boogie van or something <laughs> like that. Because um, this is like you, wa- you definitely walk through a queue section that's all saw. It's like, you know, Jigsaw saying a bunch of stuff to you and there's traps and all that stuff. But once you get on the coaster, it's just in broad daylight. You're just not a coaster. <laughs> and like it starts off with Jigsaw saying game 
over. <laughs> <laughs> and then you zip around and there's some rusty saw blades and shit, but you're just out in broad daylight on like a, you know, you might as well be uh-huh. in Lake George, like just on a roller coaster uh, at a Six Flags park. Um, but so I you know maybe I just save you the most money of all by spoiling the ride for you. But yeah, you know, I, ho- I hope that helps. Yeah. I think I was at like a New York Comic Con and they had some kind of saw room there and I couldn't fucking find it in time and I'm still bummed about that because I. <laughs> Never gonna experience a saw in you know in 4D. It's yeah. always just gonna be on TV, and I'm never gonna get that experience. And I know I know there's like a saw cruise, but you know who's who's doing that? So it's so weird, I man. Because I looked around, and I was like, there's so there's gotta be like a Friday the Thirteenth ride or like a Freddy's yeah. ride. There's nothing. Saw. Saw is the only movie <laughs> of all the horror movies in the world they pick Saw to make a uh, a thrill ride out of, which is it seems seems arbitrary to me. I guess. Yeah. Uh, I also confronted an ugly side of myself this week, which is the side that gets really wrapped up in owning bizarre items. (laughs) Um, It's the same impulse that is making me buy bad Diet Pepsi merch right now, and I buy a lot of weird guitars and stuff like that, only this is a lot dumber. I saw people buying prints of a painting of the famous 2013 What the Fuck's Up Denny's uh, set. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I've been seeing these prints out there for a while now, and I just never learned where they were coming from. And then someone posted in our Discord, they post a link to the original, and he, the guy's selling it. He's mm. selling the original for the reasonable sum of $420, $420. And uh, I was like, holy shit, this is a chance to grab history by the balls and hold it in my hands. Uh, only the post was 38 weeks old, and the painting oh. is, is, is yeah. totally, it's long gone. Yeah. Um, it's not a particularly great painting, and I don't really care that much about the band Live Without uh, at all. And my and, and Mike, also, I can draw. I can draw, and I can yeah. paint whatever I want in this life. <laughs> but something really stupid, way down in the core of me, wants to own dumb shit like that. And I don't even have people over. Like, I don't display things. I don't have collectibles out. I don't... I don't in, I don't entertain, so I don't know why I wanted this. It would have just been on, like uh, in a pile under dental receipts and and the grandma's cottage record I just bought that I'm not going to listen to. <laughs> so I, I mean, I got off easy this time, but I, I, I like I I really worry about shit like this because because like I don't have that much going on these days and it's easy to shop. Yeah. So I'm just like I'm just, every time someone puts out a hundred dollar record that is just loosely in my wheelhouse, I'm like, oh yeah, I'll just buy that, and then I'm, <laughs> then I have no money anymore. I'm just done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out. I, I I I fall for the same tricks, and I we we also do not entertain. So I'm just accumulating shit for myself to look at. But yeah, um, if you want to reach out to us, you can do so at first seven inch club at gmail.com. That's all letters. You can also go to our Instagram first seven inch club. Uh, also, all letters, and there's a link tree there for all the pertinent links, including to our YouTube where we rip all the the video or the the seven inches. And uh, the Instagram also has all those pictures too for the scans and stuff and whatnot. Um, and yeah, that's uh, you know you, you know how to get a hold of us by now. Just yeah, just Google, us. yeah, just Google for a Seven Inch Club. Uh, <laughs> I have a, a record of the week from State of Mind Recordings. All right, <laughs> that I'd like to talk about right now. Uh, State of Mind Recordings, our friends there, stateofmindrecordings.com. They have a distro. They sell a bunch of records through their distro. I like to feature a record that I found in their distro every week. I believe this is a, uh, a new release for them. Not not new in the real life, but new for them. It's uh, Weezer, the Blue Album. He's got this. On, <laughs> he's got this on, right. on vinyl. Um, he he put the in the description. This is the best Weezer record. I personally think you should own this. I'm not going to go that far and say this is the best Weezer record because it's it's Pinkerton. And I know, yeah. see, I, people t- people tend to forget about Weezer because they've uh, released about 26 bad albums in a row now. Sure. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I think I think um, Rivers Cuomo has been retroactively canceled because people 
um, that are younger than us got a hold of the lyrics to Pinkerton. <laughs> and we're like, uh, oh, this is problematic. But, you know, yeah. it's, it's like we knew it was problematic when it was released. That's the whole point of the fucking record. So, yeah. so, so uh, you know, I'm fine with it. I'm, I'm not going to cancel Rivers Cuomo for that. Uh, so, I, you know, Pickerton's better in my mind. But Weezer Blue Album is a classic. This is one of those things I never think about, like, that you can actually own on vinyl anymore. Because mm-hmm. I forget that, like, things like this just get, like, endless represses and... It's probably pretty simple to get it, and you can get it today for twenty two ninety five at stateofmindrecordings.com. I assume this is probably not going to last long. It's probably a big seller, so uh, so go go jump on that Weezer Blue album, uh, classic in, in the in pop music, power pop. Is this power pop, Scott? Is this what power pop is? I would say it's yeah, it's power pop. It's like smart ass dipshit power pop maybe yeah. or something like that but yeah it's definitely i think er, i was misled early on because the sweater song was their first hit yeah and that's got kind of that atonal almost like you know yeah it almost sounds like it could be yeah alt rocky but it also could be almost like emo or something like yeah. that um and then you know uh, i think buddy, Hol- a- buddy holly came out i was like oh yeah. no no definitely not i think that was a retcon too like there was not recently but i think there was a point where they were like yeah pinkerton and, and the blue album are the best emo albums ever and it's like i don't think mm-hmm. any of these guys had Mm-mm. anything to do with emo so <laughs> they'll put that tag on them so yeah well even like my name is jonas or is it that one or no, yeah. say it say it ain't so sounds like it should be a really dark dreary song but it's like i think it's just about him and his brother like wrestling yeah. in the living room so it's just about dumb shit like all the lyrics are about dumb stuff so it's like it sounds emotional but i don't think it is. <laughs> i think he's hollow inside i don't think he's got much going on just like me that's why i uh i, <laughs> that's I, I relate I to these, with this shit <laughs> that's why i relate to these two albums hollow inside that's me oh uh, also uh before we leave this topic i'm i'm disappointed that literally we got zero takers on spore not one of you <laughs> came through with spore chat i think spore <laughs> so is one of the deepest cuts we've ever done and it's uh, yeah. on tang Records, so it shouldn't be that deep but yeah, yeah. no one extending no. the deadline you guys <laughs> <laughs> talk no, about spore this week go for it <laughs> no one wanted to talk about spore but you can also pick that up at stateofmindrecordings.com check them out uh so i have a little rare treat today i have a scene report i actually wow. went to a real live hardcore show yesterday Jeez. and uh yeah and live and in person none of my friends were involved i wasn't on a guest list this is a very rare occurrence for me because uh usually like i'm on a guest list or something but yeah this is, this is just me and uh, Keith, who was on a sh- on the, the uh, show an episode a long time ago, uh, we just went to a, a hardcore show together, and I uh, just wanted to talk about it because it's it's a rare occurrence. And you know, I think we popularized doing scene reports on on <laughs> podcasts, so so yeah. <laughs> I wanted to do it. I saw a bunch of bands. Um, first band up, and I only saw one or two songs. Was a band? Co- this was an all straight edge show, so I was I was in enemy territory basically. This was mm-hmm. uh, I was putting my life on the line going to this show uh the first band was called x weapon x i only saw one or two songs by them i heard them like i don't know they, they released a demo last year at some point and i remember joe our ex-bandmate joe was like mm-hmm. oh man this is so heavy and i was like this is fucking bullshit this isn't heavy but <laughs> you know they have that they have that kind of heaviness to them but live i was like they just seemed like a band like i only like i said i only saw one or two songs but if you're gonna name yourself something stupid like x weapon x and be a heavy band you gotta be wearing ski masks and bringing like assault rifles on stage and stuff Mm -hmm. but they're just like a normal band so it's just like i don't know you you gotta live the gimmick man you can't just be (laughs) you can't just be normal guys (laughs) that sucks guys it sucks that you did this to mike guys (laughs) yeah yeah like i like i mean i was just astounded that they were even a band that played out i just assumed that was like something that you never saw live so for the yeah. fact that they you do you, they do play live and they don't they don't live the gimmick is a little upsetting. 
Uh, second band was World I Hate. I don't know where any of these bands are from, so sorry. I mean, mm. I know where a couple of them are from, but not World I Hate. I thought they were lo- local. I don't think they were, though. I think they're from close by, somewhere in the Midwest, maybe. I don't know. I suck at geography, but uh, <laughs> they were the only band I was like super unfamiliar with. I listened to like a, a track quickly on Spotify like last week. And uh, it, I did one of those old man things where I just listened to it and said, oh, this is stupid tough guy shit and just turned it off. And they're, they're not tough guys at all. So mm-hmm. so I was wrong there. Um, I don't know what they are. They're just they, they play heavy music. There's a lot of jokey banter, a lot of uh, like funny mosh calls and stuff. But I couldn't tell. It's it, the, We're so deep in the level of irony now that it's, it's hard to tell where the joke ends and that's uh that, again that might be my old man brain or that just might be a bad joke i'm not sure mm-hmm. like you know we were in a band that was jokey except for the music and yeah. uh we did the same thing like <laughs> i would do jokey mosh calls and stuff like that and mm-hmm. uh and the whole the whole ironic part was you know no one knew i was joking um and now i feel <laughs> now it's you know three one 180 degrees turned back at me i don't know how much of a joke this is the, the mosh calls were definitely jokey the music i'm not sure uh, but it was heavy. It was cool. It was whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Contention played. Contention was the band I, I came to see. The thing that got me out of my house for once. Because uh, I love this band. This is my favorite new band. I'm just always shocked that they aren't like a huge, huge band. Because uh, they just play the type of music I, I want to hear. Which is kind of like, I'd say like Euro influence. Like fucking very heavy metalcore. Uh, mm-hmm. In the vein of like Acme and bands like that. Uh, Sistral maybe. Um, you know, more like local stuff too. Um, even maybe a little like little Archangel or something. Just like a lot of heavy, heavy, heavy uh, old metal bands, metalcore bands, and uh, they are also unapologetically straight edge. The uh, the singer had said it a bunch of times, and uh, they are they did not let down. They're very good live. Uh, they had like stage presence, which is always good, and uh, they they brought out a man, which I don't know. Maybe he was in a band that I missed or something. Maybe he was a Weapon X guy, or maybe he was just a fan. But uh, when they're setting up. He was a he's a short, fat George Costanza like stocky man, uh, bald man, and uh, he had his shirt off before they even started playing. He was just ready wow. to fucking mosh, committed. And, uh, and so as soon as they started playing, he just went off. So that was pretty cool. Uh, yeah. They're they're like I said, uh, very good, very good. Go see Contention if you can because they're uh, they're great. They have a uh, they have a couple things out, and I think they have something coming out soon. Oh, also uh, Nick from the band, uh, he's uh, he's followed the the Instagram. And uh, due to like stuff like Virtual Pros, where there's literally thousands of people <laughs> that follow the Virtual Pros accounts that mm-hmm. don't even know it's a podcast and never knew it was a podcast, now I just have like kind of trauma from that and assume anybody who follows any social media we do have has no idea like what what else is going on. So right. I just assumed he always followed it because uh, you know he he just liked that there was a, a account that posted flyers or something. But no, he's he's a longtime fan of the uh, whole like border boss kissing contest universe wow and uh he found out through he found out about kissing contest through overnight drive so he's been listening since back then he listens he said he listens to every episode of first seven inch club so that was pretty cool it was uh hmm. pretty nice to meet him and i was not expecting that so i was very humbled by that because uh, like i said uh, i do not bullshit about bands i like and i really like them so it was cool yeah. to uh to know that that we're mutual fans of each other uh i skipped the band judiciary i listened to them on spotify and i was like i, I don't need this in my life I just skipped them. <laughs> I went to the bar. Uh, speaking of the bar, they, it's a venue called the Cobra Lounge, which is a place in Chicago that has, you know, I think they have shows fairly le- regularly. Never been there before because I don't leave my house for shows. And uh, they have their own, like, in-house beers. And they were, 
they're bad to the point where I thought it was a practical joke. Where I was like, wow. yeah, yeah. I was like, uh, maybe this is like a straight edge revenge type thing. I had like, I was just they had a seltzer, they had their own seltzer, and I I love tasting seltzers for some reason. You know, I lived in New York. I'm a big seltzer guy, big seltzer culture <laughs> there, and uh, and so I've had like you know four hundred and four hundred fifty thousand alcoholic seltzers at this point. This is the worst one by far. It tasted so sketchy. It tasted like very homemade. Um, I have like very many years ago i did one of those those like clinical tests for money where they pay you hundreds of dollars for secretive things and uh, the thing i had to do was drink alcohol and like solve like math problems or something and uh wow. but but they give you like it's, it, they said it was for something like for gambling and i don't know how that how that how that worked out but but um but the alcohol they give you they don't give you like they don't give you like whiskey or anything they just give you straight up alcohol like unflavored alcohol and it sucks like it's this is the weirdest it, story i've heard from you in a yeah. real long fucking time and it's i did it like i had to go like three weeks in a row too and it was just like wow. it was before it was right before smartphones so i was just mm -hmm. like sitting in a room like a little buzzed looking through like an old reader's digest for two hours <laughs> like fucking, a little spiral notepad in your pocket. <laughs> yeah and then like you know like they would have to do it at like different blood alcohol levels and i'd have to go like solve math problems and shit Wow. And, uh, but yeah, they give you like straight up plain alcohol and like an, an apple juice chaser, um, Jesus. and like plain alcohol. It's like that, that taste has haunted me ever since. And so like anytime I even detect, detected a little, like the buzzers go off in my head and mm -hmm. I have to do math problems, but no, like, so like that seltzer just tasted like, it tastes like regular seltzer and they put that plain alcohol in it and then put like the flavoring that they used to like flavor rolling papers with or something. It was like so artificial and. <laughs> I don't know, man. Just go if you go to the Cobra Lounge. Don't ever get yeah. the seltzer there. It's fucking beyond disgusting. And I am a seltzer pro. I have I and I'm not I'm not picky either. I think Bud Light seltzer is my favorite hard seltzer. So um, I'm I'm a pro, and I'm telling you, it's fucking disgusting. Uh, but anyways, the headliner was a band called Inclination, which I was like sort of familiar with, but not really. Like definitely not enough to know they could headline a show and like really bring kids out. Like this was a sold out show. For a, a Valentine's level venue, maybe a little smaller, and uh, they, you know, they brought like everybody's moshing and shit. Um, they play like a type of music that I've kind of compartmentalized in my head for my whole life as one king down music, which is like mm -hmm. just like very clean but heavy and moshy hardcore that just like I don't know. It's always been over my head. I respect one king down. We we have friends in one king down and stuff like that, but mm -hmm. they've always play, played a brand of straight edge hardcore that is just like you know I don't get it and like. Ever since, like, anybody who plays anything remotely like that. So I, I don't know if, if One King Down is even in the wheelhouse of Inclination, but in my mind, they are the same band. But they're really good. They are, like, very, very tight, very professional. I think they said they were a band for five years, and they they, they had it all down. The singer was wearing a gold chain. Uh, shout out to Demolition Podcast. Uh, they, had, <laughs> uh, they had some gold chain <laughs> chain yeah. discourse a few weeks ago, and uh, I was like, I was like, oh, I'm witnessing it now. This, the singer is actually wearing... A gold chain but yeah they were they were super good for a, a one king down band uh and yeah it was a, it was a fun time it smelled like a show it was hot like a show i'll probably have covid now because uh, i wasn't yeah. wearing a mask like a irresponsible person but no one was wearing masks it was peer pressure but i did want to highlight my the three best things i saw at this show because uh, who cares about somebody describing bands who fucking cares i want to talk <laughs> about the things that really matter the, the three best things i saw first best thing i saw as two bros hanging out and uh one of the bros held the other bro's drink so the other bro could go mosh oh and, yeah uh, 
that couldn't be me. I'm not going to be holding some other bro's drink. So, <laughs> so you can go mosh. You better fucking chug that shit, man. Like if you need to mosh that bad, I'm not holding your fucking drink. So I was, I was just like, he was right next to me. I just looked over and I was like, whoa, like I would never do that for anybody. <laughs> so that's a real bro right there. So I hope that guy, I hope that guy, uh, you know, got, I don't know, got, got a free drink out of it or something. Uh, second thing, second coolest thing I saw. And uh, I didn't get a good look at see how old this person was, but I, when I was at the bar, uh, I saw somebody completely without irony order a Shirley Temple, and uh, this is like, I, I wow. didn't know that was a term that people still use because it's so old school. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, and it, I imagine if 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 you order if, if you were a person who orders a Shirley Shirley Temple, I would hope you know it's just Sprite and Grenadine, and so there's <laughs> you could just say, "Can I get a Sprite and Grenadine?" It sounds uh, a little less stupid um, than saying a Shirley Temple. And it just also brought me back another weird story from my past. Um, There was a weekend, I think it was Out of Hand, a band called Out of Hand, for those who don't know, and uh, That's Life, uh, that featured listener Scott J. And I Mm -hmm. think they were on a weekend that I went on, and me and Sawyer from Out of Hand terrorized Scott J so badly that uh, he refused to sit with us when we went to go get lunch at Denny's. And he refused <laughs> to sit with us, and he sat at the bar alone like a weirdo at the Denny's. And uh, me and me and Sawyer ordered like we had the waitress order him a Shirley Temple. And, he, <laughs> and it, was, it was so awesome seeing them put the Shirley Temple in front of him. And that was the last time before last night I saw somebody order a Shirley Temple and a bar. I was astounded, and uh, no joke at all. Or Shirley Temple is amazing. And they, I, the 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 bartender didn't even bat an eye. It was just like a normal thing, and I would have been like, Ugh, but you know, whatever. Uh, the last the last coolest thing I saw, and this is genuinely cool. I believe every single band last night. I like I didn't get a good look at, at Weapon X, so I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure almost every single band had at least one normal looking guy in their band, and that's yeah. all. That's that's what I need. Like I need your band to have like. One at least one guy that looked like he saw a flyer at Drome Sound and he he, <laughs> he answered it and he knew nothing about hardcore before he joined your band and uh and every and you know I'm not saying like he looked like a fucking nerd or something but just the guy who looked like he had previously no no ties to the core and yeah. uh, just a guy to the point where if uh you know the, the 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 next day at practice he was like I gotta I gotta quit the band. I got accepted into the NASA space program and you didn't even know he was into space because you don't know any of his interest outside of the band. Cause he's such a normal guy. All the bands had that guy that ruled. So a yeah. uh, great show. I recommend going to a hardcore show once every five years. Cause uh, you know, it'll pay off. Well, I got the uh, Zulu scowl and uh, someone else big coming through. Oh, uh, Jesus piece coming through. I could, I could knock off a lot of tick off a yeah. lot of boxes all at yeah. once, but I feel like I would be, even with Jesus Peace being a little bit older, I still feel like I would be 600 years old at that show. There was a there was a good mix of people. It was mostly young people yesterday, but there was a good. I think I don't think I saw anybody there as old as me and Keith, but mm-hmm. um, maybe I don't. I didn't really people watch that hard, except for the people near me. So I could be wrong, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think the next show I'm going to is all the way in April. So maybe I'll go to something before <laughs> then, but we'll see. Uh, okay, I guess we can get into the, to today's band. Uh, it's, it's a little band you may have heard of called Tragedy, and uh, their seven inch called "Can We Call This Life" from 2001 on Tragedy Records. Uh, I see why they released this because you know they named their record label after this band, so yeah, that's that's yeah. cool. But um, but yeah, I think everybody knows Tragedy. If you're listening to this, maybe not. Um, they were a punk band, hardcore punk band from Portland, Oregon, uh, formed in 1999. 
by basically his hero is gone. His heroes, his hero is gone, broke up, and then like a month later, tragedy was a band. And uh, I don't know, like I kind of looked, but I couldn't really find any like concrete reason why. Like I don't know if his hero is gone just ran its course, and they were like, well, we want to play kind of the same music but a little different, so we'll just <laughs> keep going and change the name. I don't know because I'm. I, we'll get into the music, but I. Uh, I think they could have released this under his hero is gone and, and people wouldn't have, you know, I would have been upset, but like I said, we'll get into that. So yeah, they, this is their first seven inch, but it's not their first release. They did a real big dick move and released an LP first, yep. which is, uh, I guess you can do that when you own the record label, you can just, <laughs> you can just say, we're going to start off with an LP and then release a seven inch. So this is not their first release. It's actually their seven, their second release, but it is their first seven inch. Uh, they have several things. Uh, the newest release was uh in 2018 i think so they've had four lps uh, the newest thing in 2018 is listed as a, an ep but I, I think there's like a bunch of songs on it i think i think it might have been a 2018 ep but it's probably a 2023 lp because that's a uh, you know no one has a lot of music these days but mm-hmm. either way they had at least four lps at least four other things they have some comps um they're I don't know the deal with tragedy. Like I looked it up and their last, uh, like their last live show you could see is like around 2013. So I don't know if they just stopped playing live and, uh, they, you know, they're, they're prone to release music and you just don't know about it. Cause there was definitely a big gap between 2012 and 2018. They're two releases. So I don't really know the deal is. That's another thing I couldn't find. They're a very mysterious band. Their whole gimmick was that they're like against commercialism in every way. Which is another thing we're gonna get into, but like they're supposedly against commercialism, so they don't make merch. Like all, it's like fucking Fugazi or some shit like that. But uh, yeah. it's uh, so I they're very mysterious to me. There's there's not a lot of facts about them, but I did I did pull up some facts. So we'll get into those. Um, well, let me just start off with the, the easy stuff. So as I said, as, as three quarters of his hero is gone. Um, Todd Burdett was the guitarist and vocalist, or is the guitarist and vocalist. He was also in Death Threat, which is a pre-Hizero's Gone band, Severed Head of State, Trauma, War Cry, Cop Out, and uh, he's also in a, currently, I think they're still current, because they have something like fairly recently in a band called Nightfell, which is like a doomy, doomy death band. Uh, Yannick Lorraine was the uh, other guitarist. He was in uh, Hizero's Gone, Union of Uranus, in a band called Double Think. He's also... The guy who did Great American Stake Religion uh, records and uh, Feral Ward records, and uh, he's he's Canadian and he moved. Mm-hmm. I guess he I guess he moved here. There there's there's a gap in that that there's just like he's a Canadian guy, but he was also in his heroes gone. <laughs> and there's no yeah. there's no explanation <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like how that happened. But uh, Billy Davis, uh, bass and vocals, he was the only guy that wasn't in his his heroes gone, but he was in the pre his heroes gone band Death Threat and From Ashes mm-hmm. Rise, uh, both. Uh, pre his heroes gone so you know he was he was bros with him so i don't know why he wasn't in his heroes gone but he wasn't uh paul burdett obviously todd's brother he played drums uh, also in all those bands uh so these guys have been doing the same shit uh for a while and um let's see what i had here so yannick um like i said he did a bunch of stuff the only thing i can find about him is that he's possibly an rn now registered nurse and uh there i found like a really old article from about 2006 from like a Portland weekly that, uh, that they like, you know, they, they highlight, uh, I almost said his arrows gone. They highlight tragedy. And, uh, 
for whatever reason, they put Yannick's name in quotes as if it's, a, it's like an alias or something. And as far as I can tell, Yannick is his name. I could be wrong, but uh, it's, it was just weird that they did that. Like that the name Yannick was so abstract to them. They're like, it has to be a fake <laughs> nickname, but I don't know. that. I think it's the same article that also says Paul Burdett is a gardener, but uh, that was 2006. So I don't, I don't know if he's still in the gardening world. I try to find any new info. Um, I couldn't. As I said, uh, live shows ended in 2013, so I don't think they play live, but I could be wrong. Um, and the, the most important fact about Tragedy is that there's a Bee Gees metal cover band named Tragedy, because uh, the <laughs> yeah. Bee Gees have a song called Tragedy. And uh, last year, at some time, my friend Jay from Bunkaki, uh, who is not up on music, he is, he's in his own little world now. He is not, like, you know, we have very different tastes in, in life. And uh, he texted me, and he was like, Tragedy is playing, and it was at some bar that, you know, was like Billy's Billy's Pool Hall or like <laughs> Billy's Bar and Grill, like someplace that Tragedy would never play. And he's like, Tragedy's playing like at Billy's, Billy's Pool Hall. And I was like, uh, that sounds weird. And uh, so I Googled it, and I was like, oh, there's a fucking Bee Gees cover band named Tragedy. And I was like, yeah, Jay, that's not that's not Tragedy. That's a, that's a, a cover band, but you should still go. Um, so, <laughs> you but, should go. <laughs> Uh, on the personal level, we did a whole episode about tragedy in All Holes Filled, the old border boss. You can go back uh, if you go deep into the uh, beyond uh, for Seven Inch Club number one and go back to the border boss days. There's an, there's an episode about the, the tragedy LP, and uh, I basically laid it out there that I was a huge His Hero Is Gone fan. Uh, it was very like, you know, very like a pillar band for me, very influential like them, Gehenna, and Chokehold are like, you know, my three bands. And Left yeah. for Dead and Hatebreed too, but Left for Dead's basically Chokehold. So like so I was, you know, I'm super into his heroes gone. His heroes gone had a sound I never heard before. And now again we did it all holes filled uh, on the band Bastard, and now I see where his heroes gone got got a lot of the stuff I liked. <laughs> but uh, you know, I heard his heroes gone first. And uh so when Tragedy came out, you know, I was pumped because I was like, Oh man, it's just his heroes gone with a different name. And then I heard the music, and I was unfairly comparing it to His Heroes Gone, since it was so close together, so so, so much, so many bands. So it's not like I ever thought Tragedy was bad, but it's just it was always so much less than Hero, His Heroes Gone was to me. So I never really followed them, and never really got into them. The first time I like really listened to the, uh, Vengeance was the record we covered on the show, not their first LP, second LP, and yeah. that was like the first time I really gave that like a like a serious listen. So uh, so yeah, I'm not. Most people, I think, our age or even younger are probably pretty well-schooled in Tragedy because it was, like, everybody's favorite band for, like, the first five years of the 2000s. Like, everybody, that was everybody's fucking favorite band, and I was the only person that was a grump about it. So, so I'm, <laughs> I'm not as well-schooled in Tragedy as most people are. So this is kind of a, you know, this is not like a, this is not a seven-inch I've heard 10,000 times, even though I own it. I think I, you know, I think it was... It was something that ended up in my as my property, and it wasn't something that I, I bought myself or anything like that. I don't. I this might have been from the, the Jefferson collection. I don't think so though, but maybe it is. It, it might be from the Jefferson collection. Listener Jefferson might be from his collection, but I'm not really sure. It just it it is mine now. It's in my property, and uh, yeah. So I never really listened to it. So I'm not a tragedy head like most people are. I'm a his heroes gone head. But yeah, that's what I got on tragedy. You have anything deeper, Scott? Couple things. Uh, Todd's got an Instagram and. Uh... You know, as a fellow grown-up evil music enjoyer, I kind of get it. But his whole Instagram is all darkness and evil. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, all yeah, yeah. grim black and white shots of either his band with their brows, like, knotted brows, scowling, <laughs> forearms crossed, or like photos of monuments and graves and blood-spattered artwork. 
And then every once in a while, a microbrew. <laughs> I'm enjoying a microbrew <laughs> in Mexico. <laughs> it's just so weird to me to have your dial pinned at 11 like that at all times. Like, I'm, just, <laughs> oh, I'm always posting grim statues, motherfucker. <laughs> And so it kind of, like uh, Nightfell is actually kind of black metal, I think. So that kind of stands the reason that's a red flag usually when someone like gets into black and doom late yeah. in the game. Uh, those motherfuckers never let up. Those guys are always scowling about something. <laughs> uh, he said in an interview with Analog Attack that he works at a bar these days. Um, didn't say where, and I'm not exactly, I'm not sure what he does there, but I guess he you know, he just works at a bar. And uh, I'd already listened to an hour of his brother talking at that point, so I didn't. I, didn't feel like watching analog attack dude not nods too much for me he's he seems like a nice guy but he just he like asks a question that doesn't sound like a question and he's got kind of a british accent or something and then he nods enthusiastically while the person goes uh i what i don't that's know what, what that's what, what you gotta do though you gotta do that so you're not really paying attention that's a, yeah that's a, <laughs> catch him off guard fuck him up yeah um <laughs> and todd really couldn't remember any details about anything so i kind of moved on from him so yeah uh, yannick lorraine uh uranus reunion of uranus whatever they yeah. call themselves great band like very exciting you know if, if you ever wanted to hear what it would be like if acme lost their shit if they really <laughs> went decided to go nuts and yeah. were canadian that's uh that's that band and i love the label great american stake religion it had a lot of stuff on it feral ward it was Feral Ward for way longer than it was Great American Stake Religion, too, yeah, but yeah. I'd, n- I'd never even heard of that. I mean, I, I knew some of the records on it, but I was like, oh, I didn't even know he changed his name. And all of that tapered off in the 2010s at some time, and then he just put out an Inepsy record out of nowhere. 2019. Like, he hadn't done anything in a few years, and he was like, hey, Inepsy, everybody, and then went back to, like, not talking to anybody about stuff. He has no personal web presence out there that I could find. You, you see the shape of the man, but not the man anywhere anywhere online. Um, and the same goes for Billy. He just doesn't, yeah, doesn't seem to screw around with the web. He's ba- and his name is Billy Davis. There's much more famous Billy Davis's out there, so he's effectively unsearchable. He's the guy uh, who looks most like the Hesher in the band. Too, yeah, he's so. a for real Hesher, but he yeah. also is also the most committed to this genre. He's in so many bands that yes. kind of sound like <laughs> like tragedy. Uh, he even put out a record called Lose Lose recently that it's yet another powerful raw and fast hardcore band it's a little bit less complicated than tragedy if if that makes any sense (laughs) i guess but uh yeah he's really into this fast and serious raw ass core that's what he does for a living as far as i know uh so paul burdett is the one that i learned the most about because he did an interview with some youtube i forget the youtube channel i should have written it down but he did like a two-hour interview with this place uh, with this this guy and it was it was okay but it was really weird to watch because you know paul has been in some crazy bands from some really crazy scenes. And on the Skype interview, he seems like the most chill, normal dad ever. (laughs) And he tells stories that I could tell. Like he just, he doesn't talk about like, you know, hopping trains or almost dying or any of this shit. He's just like, yeah, I grew up listening to like straight edge bands, but why none of the mosh straight edge bands. What's the Got a macho, a little too far there when they get into the macho. And one of his stories is like, yeah, I used to know this crusty punk whose shoes were so crusty. They just rotted off his feet. I'm like I could have told that story. <laughs> you got you're in tragedy now. Yeah. You're still like, technically a tragedy, yeah. but uh, yeah, he gives the basically he gives the whole mechanical story of like how the band came to be and how things happened. And he says he doesn't really talk about what broke up his hero is gone because he says it's personal. Hmm. But he says at, that at the root of it that some of them wanted to leave Memphis because Memphis sucks for certain types of people like for instance punks it sucks to be a punk in memphis and they wanted to be gone and yannick had already been doing the band with them for a while but still lived in canada so he was traveling to memphis to be in his heroes gone then going back to canada 
And, and, he, and, and I guess it wasn't direct. Like he had to land somewhere in the middle of the country and they had to go pick him up like 18 hours away or something like that. So yeah, so the Burdats wanted to get out. They want, and they wanted to get closer to Yannick. So they're like, well, you know, let's move to Providence. And I guess in the early 2000s, I guess Providence was super cheap. Yeah. They said they rented a huge house for 300 bucks. And he also said that it's a college town, so you could just walk around and get everything you need. Like people, like at the end of the semester, everyone just puts all their belongings out in the lawn and you could just walk around and get TVs and plates and furniture and stuff for free. So he said it was a nice, nice place to be. And also Drop Dead is there, so it's not unprecedented hmm. to be a, you know, a weird, grindy, crusty band in, a, in Providence. Uh, but I guess it, this part was a little hazy, but Yannick was still in Canada at the time. And I guess Providence just wasn't cutting it like that wasn't close enough or that wasn't really doing it. And they were all like, let's all just move. Let's go someplace. And they were like, we don't know where to move. We can't agree on anything. And but they knew the tribal war guy in Portland. So they just moved to Portland with not knowing anybody else. They just moved to Portland. Like, hey, that looks like a cool. They threw a dart as a band and all moved there together. And he said that he had a hard time there and it wasn't cool and it wasn't fun. Uh, but he, he just they all just stayed there anyway. And it's and it's he said when they moved there that they're going to keep it as his hero is gone. And that's what tragedy was supposed to be. But they decided they wanted to be more regular hardcore. And he says he said that he doesn't really like converge or any of that kind of like metallic hardcore stuff, even though you would think that it's kind of related. Yeah. And he calls it Transylvania parts. He says like, <laughs> oh, you know, all those he says, oh, you know, we picked up all those like Transylvania parts from like bands like Today's Today and stuff like that. But that wasn't really, you know, I don't really want to do that anymore. I want to do stuff that was more like like youth crew stuff and old school hardcore. So that's okay. <laughs> that's what tragedy is, I guess. Okay. Uh, and he also said that they haven't played in a while and don't really have any plans. They're not really like doing anything. And, and the dude, you know, lose lose and night fell and whatever else is going on. I, I think he's a carpenter. He says that, that that one of the kids, like one of the children that lived in the house that he was like living with some friends for a while when he was first moved to Portland is now like a grown person who asked him for a recommendation because he was a carpenter, like mm. a, a like a letter of recommendation because he trained him to be a carpenter or something like that. So be, I don't know if he's like a master carpenter <laughs> if he's or if he's a gardener or whatever else. And uh, as a kid who grew up surrounded by 70s and 80s pop country, I appreciate that he has a band named the Death Ridge Boys, but <laughs> it's but it's an oi band. So I'm not oh. sure if I appreciate that or not. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. I was going to talk about the Tragedy Disco Band, but you already covered that. But I had yeah. the, almost the same story that the basis of my band was like, oh, I'm going to see his band Tragedy. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> and he goes, oh, yeah, it's like Tragedy. It's, I don't know. What, I think it's like a like a disco band. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> But yeah, look out. Like if you have a ticket in your house that says I'm going to see Tragedy, you better double check. I don't think it's going to be the right band. <laughs> yeah. Uh I never saw Tragedy. I did see His Heroes Gone several, a few times and uh there was one time where they were like late to the show and they pulled up like mid-show and they rolled out of their van and it was like four pig pens. Like they were so <laughs> grossly disgusting and dirty. Yeah. And uh so that for that that dude did not have a stories like I I think he's holding back or he has selective memory cuz yeah, they rolled up like pig pens and they just they started screening shirts like like yeah. uh basically right in the there's no parking lot but like right in the middle of a, like a dead street they were screening shirts and selling them as they screened them and I of course bought one and it smudged by the time I got got it home but but uh but yeah. He spe he specifies that he's pretty clean these days. He goes, yeah, yeah I, you know, I like to keep I clean mean, these days. You would see like they would have promo pics of tragedy in in magazines and shit. They they all look like clean dudes. That was another reason why I was like, oh, I don't know about these guys. I think they sold out or something. They're all clean yeah. guys now, but 
Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's tragedy. Uh, I don't think we really need to talk about tragedy records because it's obviously no. a record label to put out tragedy. But I do find it weird that Yannick is in the band who ran three different record labels. Yeah, it's not his record label. It's just just tragedy yeah. record label. You figure he could have just uh, threw that in with the rest of his shit, but I guess not. <laughs> It's like they're just waking up every day and giving him the finger. Fuck you, Yannick. <laughs> We're not doing your label. Uh, so, yeah, I guess we could just move out and get this record right onto a tray. Nice. Um, somebody asked if that was a sound sound effect put in post, and I was very insulted by that. Now, these are real yeah. cold cans being open every single time we do a show, motherfuckers. Yeah, I don't have that kind of firepower. I can't put a <laughs> can opening. Uh, so, I guess tragedy, the one, the one thing that I think like I guess I would say propelled them to like being kind of very popular very quick was they have always have like very stark like bold imagery and yeah. uh, I don't think people really think of his hero is gone as a super visual band but when you look back on all the records and art and stuff they're all like very visual I don't know mm-hmm. if any of that was in-house I don't know if they just have like a good eye for stuff I've uh I know, like, at one point I knew who did the painting on 15 Counts of Arson, but I can't remember mm-hmm. anymore. I can't remember if it was an in- a guy from the the band or somebody they knew or something like that, but so I don't know if they just have, like, a good eye or if it's uh, somebody in-house, but uh, mm-hmm. and there's no different with this 7-inch. It's, uh, it's pretty simple, but it's pretty stark. Um, they already had the, I guess they had the fucking, they had their logo down before they were even a band, I think, the Tragedy logo, which mm-hmm. I assume was hand-done, and I don't think a computer could do this. It's, no. uh, you know, you know what it looks like. It's like a raggedy, like it looks like, uh, it was made out of, I don't know, just ripping up a bunch of like fucking plastic or something and just mm-hmm. stapling it down to form the letters tragedy or just like blood, blood fucking written with your hands or something <laughs> like that. It's real gross looking. It's a very, very bold logo that really sticks out. Uh, this is pre bird though. This is pre tragedy bird. They didn't, yeah. I don't think they had the bird yet. It's on the record. It's on the record itself. Okay, so I'm wrong. So yeah, they did have the bird. So I guess that's been out of the gate too, was the bird. Um, And you know, that's a stark thing. Again, uh, Joe, who I mentioned earlier, uh, he, I'm pretty sure, yeah, he has a tragedy tattoo, which has seemed presumptuous at the time. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if he still feels that strongly about tragedy, but he does have that tattoo. Uh, But yeah, the cover of this is just, it's pretty simple. It's uh, a cardboard cover. It's uh, it's his tragedy and and big, their big bold logo. And it's just a picture of uh endless garbage bags i assume they're garbage bags like i don't know if this is a you know like a famous photo of like dead bodies in garbage bags or something like that Uh it seems like there's probably more to the story and it's on kind of like a bright mustard yellow background and uh that's you know that's that really sticks out because the the music they play you expect to just have the dumb black and white stencil bullshit but no there this is like really bold and sticks out i really like it the back is the same kind of deal but it's orange another like very bright orange that sticks out and this is a bunch of tires so there's like a rubber theme going on and uh it says can we call this life which is the name of the seven inch it's a uh, front and back great 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 graphic design uh it just has a little insert on in the fold out insert on the inside um one side is a painting that i can't really make out it's uh i think it's a dog i don't fucking know what this is man but it's something <laughs> it's some kind of shitty painting i don't know and there's a quote from <laughs> There's a quote from uh, Freddie Perlman, household name, Freddie Perlman from uh, the Against History, <laughs> Against Le- Leviathan, 1983. It's some, you know, fucking cogs in the machine bullshit. Um, yeah. The other side is just the uh, the lyrics, and they, they it's, you know, pretty perfect layout, except they they broke the cardinal rule of putting the lyrics in, into the fold. So when I yeah, scan this for Scott, 
You know, it's probably uneven for him. It's hard to read. You can't do that. You can't put the. Yeah, lyrics. I went nuts. I had to go back and forth between the two JPEGs. <laughs> yeah, you can't. You can't do that with the lyrics, man. People are scanning this shit. I know you guys don't believe in computers. But, Bandcamp, uh, Bandcamp. It comes up. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. translate well. And yeah, the record itself, it does have the bird on it and just the the song titles. It's a pretty simple package, but it's a it's a you know it sticks out. This is a for what kind of music this is. I think this is just a great layout, great packaging, uh, a plus out of the park for me. Yeah, I love this. I think that I would say it's almost perfect. Uh, I don't. I just personally, I don't love the tragedy logo because mm. if you sent this record cover back to the year 1988, not one single person would have a problem believing this was a hair metal band from LA. <laughs> the name tragedy, the scratchy like lipstick look, <laughs> like letters. You could you could get someone to believe that they're opening for enough Zenuf and like you know <laughs> trickster on the strip. Uh, but you know, like a super serious miserable hardcore band who aren't afraid to put out a record with a sleaze rock logo that's cool um i think that i kind of think that the things on the front cover are tires as well in like tarp bags now that you mention it i hadn't thought about but if you kind of look at some of the shapes almost look like more tires cylindrical it's very cylindrical yeah yeah. so that may just be a different that's a different breed of tire dump (laughs) than the other one or something like that which but, but i mean that gets a lot of storytelling done like the endless expanse of yeah. tires it could have been a lot of things it could have just been a dump but i don't think a dump would have been as cool like seeing this sort of graphical look of these tires uh and pe- paired with these like cheerful crayola colors it's like yeah. bright lemon yellow on the front <laughs> and like you know d- delicious orange juicy orange <laughs> on the back and uh i really like that i can't tell what's going on with that drawing it kind of looks like someone with a bag over their head which sucks for that person if that like, part of it looks like that um the little quote is fine like i, I don't know if you know this mike but i'm f- filled from the floor to my scalp with pervasive existential dread and uh i think about stuff like this even if it's corny it's like 60 percent of my waking hours i'm just like man time is concluding for mankind and here yeah. we are wasting our shit but uh I think the only thing I have trouble with is the the attachment to the bird. Um, <laughs> when tragedy was really popping, guess what else was popping? Birds. Affliction, <laughs> affliction clothing. <laughs> yeah, that too, yeah. <laughs> I got, what else has random birds and wings and feathers all over it? Affliction clothing. So I'm assuming it's a crow and it's like a rotting death kind of thing, but it's also an affliction thing. And <laughs> that's how that's how I've always viewed it. When I saw their shit, I was like, man, that's kind of like shitty to have any like a bird on your... Uh, <laughs> whatever it's either like birds these days birds either mean like white power like it's a german eagle yeah. thing or it means you know like you're a, you're you're a um, mma fighter or something like that and uh <laughs> they, they have nowhere to hide from it. it was contemporary to them they couldn't have missed it they have nowhere to hide yeah. um i'm not 100 percent sure of the font on the use of the record label but it's looking kind of starship troopers to me it's kind of <laughs> like i feel like one of the songs should be named would you like to know more that's what that thing makes me think of like, yeah, i don't mind it but yeah, it's just like I love this layout. This is a great layout. I th- yeah, that font. It's yeah, it is. It is pretty kind of little sci-fi going. I think um, <laughs> it's like the tram. It's like the tram in a science fiction <laughs> like that. Like the subway. I think it could also be used for MMA stuff. So it's oh yeah, it could, they could be tragedy. Could be secret MMA bros. We're naked choke. <laughs> <laughs> We're moving along pretty quick. So just as an aside, uh, Scott. Speaking of uh, just always, you know, having this dread of life concluding and stuff. Man, I just watched this movie called Air Doll that yeah. I thought was just going to be a romp. It's a the because the description is um it's a sex doll that comes to life. Ooh. And uh it's but you know the description didn't lead you to believe it's sleazy. It just le- led you to believe like it would just be like a weird story, like some weird shit. 
Um, yeah. And it is. It's it's a pretty twee movie, but I mean, it's all about like you know the 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 frailty of life and yeah. uh, foreboding death and stuff like that. And I was like, man, this is a fucking real downer movie to be watching at three p.m. So <laughs> so so I've uh, it's been on my mind today too. <laughs> well, I, I, well, I think I, I don't know if I've ever said this on the show. This is the dumbest thing ever. But when uh when that first modern Rambo sequel came out, yeah. I went to it and I was sitting there and I had like a like a crack in my brain, like something broke in my brain. And instead of like enjoying it, every time he turns somebody into pink mist, I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Stop it. <laughs> I was like, that's like a whole universe. You're destroying every time you do that. And I just I like sunk so yeah. fucking far into the, the dread dread hole. I yeah. couldn't get out of it. I was like, I didn't enjoy the Rambo sequel, even one bit. I was just sitting there in absolute misery the whole movie. I mean, as we previously stated, I am hollow inside, but as I do get older, it is tough. Like, it's tougher for me yeah. as a hollow man, a hollow robot, <laughs> to uh, just shrug these things off, especially, like, yeah. massive death in movies. But, but uh, yeah, but yeah it, is, it is tough getting older. So never get old, guys. Just uh, Don't do it. Just pass away early. It uh, <laughs> makes everything better. Uh, so... We can get into the music. Uh, this is a three-track album. It does the annoying thing I talked about last week in the Clockwise record where they put one track on side A and two tracks on side B. Yeah. Uh, you know, flip it around. Two tracks on side A. Let's do it. Uh, so, <laughs> so the first track is called The Ending Fight. Mouth of Infinity was very popular doing this, and he said this was a real stage dive anthem. So I, I could see that happening in this this uh, this song. But uh, now it's time for me to to get into the stuff that uh, maybe people would think was was a negative for tragedy, or at least <laughs> me looking at uh, tragedy in a negative light. So I, I might have even mentioned this when we did the last tragedy at record, or I might have mentioned it on a different record, but. Um, I have like this this kind of thing in my head, like this judgment system in my head about music, and uh, it's because now that like I, as we're saying, older and closer to death, you know, yeah. you you're old, and I I still hang out with people who are in hardcore and metal and punk and stuff like that, and not many other people. I don't hang out with normies or anything like that. I'm still hanging out with the people <laughs> who are aging with me, and you know, you go to barbecues and cookouts and stuff, and with these people and. You know, you usually played music at that stuff, but we're all older. You know, we're all we're all getting old, Scott. Like all of yeah. us. Or someday we're me, even me and you are gonna be old one of these days. And uh, <laughs> but you know, you play music at these things, but it's like it's not like you're playing fucking Cannibal Corpse or Gehenna or something. You're playing yeah. you're punk adjacent music, but it's still like a little mellow. It's yeah. uh, and you know that's like I so I I have that kind of like judgment system in my head where I'm like, could this pass at an aging punk barbecue? 
Barbecue no. punk. Right? Barbecue punk, yeah. <laughs> and this song, barbecue punk. This is oh, something yeah. <laughs> this is something I would have no problem playing in front of children. And uh, I can't say that about one single His Hero is Gone song, so that is already <laughs> a huge strike against tragedy where yeah. where in where I'm just like, and you know, that's not. It's like not an insult to play stuff at a barbecue. Like I said, I am older. I do want to listen to mellower stuff, but it's just compared to his heroes gone, and uh, it's just like it's it's a huge glaring strike. But the reason it's a glaring strike is because of the way people have described tragedy since the first day they have been a band. You look up any fucking review for this record or any record they do, and it's always like coming from the bleak darkness. This, you know, <laughs> this fucking yeah. this bleak sound of horror and mayhem. And it's like I would play this in front of children. This isn't bleak. This is yeah. like the the farthest thing from bleak in my eyes. So that's always been like it, it's it's been a point of contention for me, and it shouldn't be because I I shouldn't compare them to His Heroes Gone or I shouldn't care if they play barbecue music. But that's in my eyes. That's what it is. Uh, with that said, I can totally see pumping your fist and chugging beers with your bros to this song. Um, it is that type of song. It's, it's kind of fun. Lyrically, it's anthemic. It's So it's it's okay to do that. It's, it wouldn't be weird to chug beers and uh, pump your fist with your bros because it's like an anthem type of song. Uh, this song, you know, what, what, I, what I said, even though I call it barbecue music, this song is undeniably awesome. But I mean, it's still not even the 31st best His Hero is Gone song. So <laughs> it's it's a good song. And like I said, I should stop comparing them to His Hero is Gone, but I can't. I just fucking can't do it. And uh, it's, you know, I would just ra- rather listen to something uglier. Yeah. Uh, I, like Mike, have never spent much time listening to Tragedy. In fact, if you go back and listen to the Tragedy episode, let me know what I thought. Because I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. And uh, <laughs> we did a lot. because uh, And the old show, if you're not familiar, we would do four records every episode. Four yeah. albums. Yes. Every episode. And that comes in fast and hard uh, when you're doing <laughs> like a week apart. Yeah. And uh, I don't retain a lot of things unless I, unless I repeat them. And I don't repeat things very often these days. So, yeah, I never spent a lot of time. And we were in a band for years with a person who I think probably eight out of any ten times I saw him was wearing a tragedy shirt. Our friend Aaron. Yeah. Seemed to always have a tragedy shirt. I never once thought. And the thought, other guy hey, had the fucking tattoo, man. We're yeah. in two fucking. <laughs> <laughs> never once thought, hey, I should check out some tragedy. Yeah. <laughs> My friends like it so much. Uh, and even like I liked his hero was gone, but they fell into kind of a weird crack in my life where I wasn't listening to that kind of stuff intentionally. And then the, like I heard that these dudes had a more normal hardcore band tragedy. I'm like, why would I listen to that? Why would I listen to a more normal version? Of yeah, something? yeah. I want... <laughs> uh, but I should have because I like this. Uh, I don't know if I would have liked it then, but I like as I have said, every time we do a DB thing, I want there to be something contrasty about it. I want there to be something interesting about it. And uh, like this one is interesting because it has like the same ethereal bounce, uh, p- like light punk bounce that like yes. a fucked up song has or something yeah. like that to it. It's almost it's almost trippy. Um, the beat is basically a Krautrock beat. So it's got that <laughs> boop, boop, pop, boop, boop, pop, boop, boop. and Krautrock posers like me demand that beat. We want haunted feedback guitars and the motoric beat, they call it. That's, and that's some hookah den shit for me. I'm just like, I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting down there with my hair grows down to the middle of my back. I grow a mustache and I just sit down and, and I light up a hookah. I love it. <laughs> this is as poppy and bright as a bright yellow record should be. Yes. <laughs> and uh, I love that this accessible song is about child soldiers hanging bosses during the collapse of civilization. I think that that's <laughs> fitting. Uh, it's really catchy and it's hopeless. My two favorite things. It, it's perfect. Uh, so side B, first track on side B is a song called The Waiting.
this song's still a little bit too upbeat for me, but I do think it passes the anti-barbecue test where I would not play this at a barbecue, so <laughs> we're getting a little more into my shit now. Um, lyrically, it's a lot more bleak than the last song, so you would you could chug bears to this, but you would feel bad about it. Uh, so I, w- not, I would suggest uh, folding your arms during this song, not yeah. chugging bears. Uh, the song also has a, at the end has a quick blazing solo, which brings me a little closer to his heroes gone. This song is, uh, like I said, it's more in my wheelhouse, but it's probably the least notable song out of the three for me. Um, yeah. So yeah, <laughs> those are my notes on the waiting. <laughs> uh, well, I got up to this track and and uh, I was kind of listening to it passively, and I was like, is this one of those records where like a heavy band covers some old punk shit, <laughs> like the, one of those Slayer albums where they just covered Dead Kennedys and stuff like that? And like, because this is catchy and accessible and melodic still and not what i was expecting like i'd heard enough of tragedy to get the gist i yeah. uh, the old like the, the early stuff is like straight dark evil deep d beat little some layers but still kind of like dark sounding and the later st- later stuff is like grim apocalypse d beat that yeah. isn't that far from his heroes gone they got closer to being kind of their old stuff again i didn't realize in the middle that they were pop punk d beat i didn't <laughs> know that, that that happened at all um they're they're very good at the urgency thing i like the way this builds up and then you know the the whole song's been fast and furious but there's still a big ending like that's a cool trick if you can pull that off and i also appreciate that if you follow the lyric sheet on on this song because this is the other singer this i guess this is billy yeah um you the guy that i assume is todd has a real punctuated kind of like (laughs) and every one of those raws is a syllable in a word billy sounds like he's doing that he actually sounds more clipped like (laughs) but he's saying entire sentences in every one of those he's just blurting out a full dr seuss book every time he goes (laughs) and if you read the lyrics like oh my god what is he doing it it, it doesn't make any sense but uh yeah he's that's funny that's (laughs) that's funny to follow along with uh so the last track is called life question mark This, this is a fake out because it starts like it's going to be the happiest song on the record, but it's actually the angriest song. Uh, this is probably the track that really planted the seed for the, the stadium crust label that they kind of invented. I mean, I don't think they personally invented it. I imagine they probably yeah. hate that term, but but, <laughs> but uh, it's true. They are, This is stadium crust as in, you know, this is crust for the, the people, the people yeah. who aren't crusty. Um, the songs again. The song is very anthemic, so you can definitely chug beers to this. But it's fucking hard, so you can also <laughs> set things on fire to the song, and that is awesome. That's what we want. We want anthemic and uh, fire starting songs, and that is, that is what this song is. I think, as far as this record goes, this is the closest we get for what I want from a band that's three quarters of his hero is gone, um, and it doesn't wear out its welcome. It's just like a his hero is gone song. It's fucking in there. It punches you in the face, and then it's fucking done. Uh, I think this this is my favorite song, 
even though you know I'd probably be in the minority I think anybody would point to the endless fight as being the best song on this record or, or the ending fight I'm sorry uh, but for me personally I think life is the best song that that hits closer to home for for what I want but overall I think this is a great record and I unfairly judge it against the band I shouldn't even though there's they're all the same fucking guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i mean don't do a good job with things like that's what happens because uh like if you're someone who is a like a studio genius or a music genius and you try and take on something that doesn't uh like that doesn't tolerate that it doesn't you're gonna you're gonna be called a uh, stadium crust band that's just how it is <laughs> like what i was talking to somebody about dave grohl's metal stuff yeah that i don't like and he did this album he did the album probot where he hired where he not hired but he, where he roped in all these like famous underground metal sort of underground metal celebrities to do the vocals and he did a good job with the music i don't like it i don't like the album i think it's it's silly but he did like a, a too good of a job with the music and to me it reads like I, people are going to hear this and gonna think i'm better than voivod they're gonna be like man you you like out voivoded voivod dude because he's good at music and because he's good at the studio like no that nobody listens to voivod for that reason <laughs> nobody listens to you to do voivod songs they want to hear you doing foo fighter shit stick to that so if like, you're like really good at music and you decide to put out a crust album it's probably going to be too good for crusty people it's probably, yeah. probably going to take you out of the out of the running so this got to this song and i'm like how could this not be a fucking cover the beginning of this song how could this not be a cover it sounds like music from the price is right at the beginning <laughs> It's so catchy it yeah, and so yeah, yeah. like melodic and so like linear and and then it, and then it stops totally. The whole middle of the song is what I was kind of expecting. It's yeah. more like dark, burly, angry D beat stuff. And you know my appetite for dark, burly, angry D beat stuff is a little limited. So I don't <laughs> mind it. Like what you put one song, we're like, this is it. We're gonna like knuckle up for this song, dude. That's fine. Do it once. Uh, but all these piled up melodic parts that sound like a sped up dystopian naked ray gun are kind of my thing. <laughs> in small doses, I think that this is exactly my thing. In, in th at three, at, at a limit of three tracks. <laughs> uh, so yeah, there you have it. There's tragedy. Can we call this life in record time? We really sped through this one. Yeah. Um, I do a little rating system where I say either throw it in the trash, you listen to it on streaming, which you can't. Uh, oddly enough, tragedy has stuck to their guns about not being part of the machine, and I think you can only listen to Fury legally on the internet. Um, actually, no, maybe. <laughs> Vengeance is on there too. This is not though. Yeah. This is definitely not. And a lot of his heroes gone is not on there either. So mm -hmm. um, they're sticking their guns. But yeah, so either throw it in the garbage, uh, listen to it on streaming, buy it in the bargain bin, buy it for full price, or buy it for collector's prices. Um, full disclosure if you don't keep up with record collector shit, this is obviously a collector's price record. I don't yep. think it's ever been repressed. They released a few versions when it was new. And that's it. There and like I said, there's no legal way to listen to this on on the internet. They have a band camp for that one record, yeah. and they're like, "We're not putting the old shit on," which is weird because they own all this stuff. You you fucking put it on there, man. Like <laughs> like there's no record label stopping you from putting on the old shit. So just do it. But uh, I don't know. I you know I guess that's against their their thing. But um, but just fucking do it, man. It's easy. Um, so it's hard to, for me to judge because it's it's already a collector's price record. Um, it's, you know I think. I think I would put it there. I think I would put it between full price and collector's prices for me because it's it's such a great package, and uh, you know it's 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 not their first record, but it's their first seven inch, and it's uh you know it's kind of a legendary thing. So, so I think it deserves like I think that I didn't look at all the prices, but I think the cheapest you can get this for is at least twenty dollars. So yeah, I think it's I think it's around there. I think this is a twenty dollar record easy. You're you're more likely to spend thirty forty bucks on this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like looking down the list. Yeah, which is I, I we didn't talk about the label much, but I 
That was actually kind of a surprise to me. I didn't realize that they did everything on their own label. That never dawned on me. I just never thought yeah. about that. And because Fury came out and it was a big deal, I assumed that they were like on relapse or something. You know, <laughs> all those kind of bands end up somehow on relapse or, or one of those labels eventually. I just assumed. Yeah. And, and some of their stuff, I think, I think that. I think they have a couple albums on Spotify right now. So you can listen to the um, Vengeance and the first record, at least. That's up there because I, I scanned around them to check my notes a little bit on, on some of this stuff. Okay, but yeah, yeah they, they do have they have all of the LPs on. Yeah. Actually, no. Yeah, they, they do have all the LPs on, on Spotify. It's just the seven inches they keep, they keep hidden from everybody else, I guess. You can't get these juicy pop sounds on, uh, on <laughs> Spotify right now. Yeah. So, yeah, this record isn't really what I expected. I, like, I... I wonder if it's what tragedy fans expected. Like if I'm just, if I just missed it, cause I only listen kind of passively. If I'm missing all the, uh, the beautiful sensational Weezer, like <laughs> melodies on the other album. No. Uh, or, or if this is like an anomaly, like if tragedy fans, it's like, Oh yeah, that's their like weird pop album. Cause I mean, some of this stuff sounds almost like the kids in the hall theme song sped up <laughs> or something to me. Um, it's just tucked into the discography kind of, you know, uh, maybe like maybe some of their other, limited stuff is like this huh? i doubt it i've heard a bunch of it in passing it all sounds way more pissed apocalyptic bleak blah 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 sounds like that to me um i think i only need a single seven inch of this sound but yeah. it's a really good one i wouldn't want any more of this unless they went real hawk wind if they went really <laughs> trippy and weird and then i'd probably get into it uh otherwise i'd probably burn out by song four or five and they didn't offer me that perfect they'd give me a modest meal of three perfect songs uh good job total package is cool Seems like an item worth having. Uh, every slider in the first seven inch club proprietary rating system is, is at peak <laughs> and it, it wisely strikes hard and fades away into the night like a Ninja Turtle. So I give it five Ninja Turtles out of five. That includes the Venus, Venus the lady turtle uh, for the collectors out there. <laughs> well, there you have it. This is a bona fide classic. You got to pick yeah. up this tragedy record if you want to be cool. Tragedy yeah. is probably the most mature project we've gotten on the show. Other than quicksand, like some of the other yeah. ones, you know, the, like tragedy came from a band that was already doing something like tragedy and just stepped out and were like, we already own this corner of the scene. We're just going to stay there. Yeah. And uh, maybe I should dock a point for that. Cause they weren't teen <laughs> boys finding their way, you know, yeah, they're they're, like, they're, they're too men. much experience, too much experience. Tragedy. Step. Four turtles. We're back to four turtles. <laughs> there you go. You fucked up. Uh, but yeah, that's our show next week. I am not sure what we're doing. I've, I've been working on projects, been working on other projects. I haven't been fucking this, this, this podcast hasn't been uh, my priority. So I gotta go through the old seven-inch pile. Um, it'll, you know, maybe it'll be something somebody heard of. Maybe it won't. We'll see. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll put up a poll that'll fail miserably in the, in the Facebook group. We'll see. Uh, so until <laughs> then, Scott, do you have any last words? Game over. <laughs> okay, fuck Charlie Dane. Fuck him.
Oh!